Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Have any of you heard the phrase, what you fear the most reveals where God what you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least? How about what you're more, most anxious about reveals what you trust God the least in? How about that one? What you are most worried about reveals where you trust God the least. The core scripture this morning is this. It's Isaiah 41.10. And I memorized this when I was in college, believe it or not. And even when I was a... Uh, Christian in name only, I still remembered this verse, and it carried me through a lot of times when I was in distress. And, um, and I could, it's interesting, I memorized the verse, but I could never remember where it was. I, I always knew it was Isaiah 40-something, and I'd go through the Bible, I, I'd read Isaiah 40, no, it's not there. Then I get to 41, and, uh, and I'd read, uh, I'd find it in uh, 41 verse 10. And this is what it says. It says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Uh, let me just talk a little bit about um, my dog, Millie, for a second. Is there a picture up there? Yeah. Um. That's my little dog, Millie. She can be fierce. Uh, I call her accessory dog, by the way. But um, when strangers come to the door, she barks at them fiercely, right? But she also has this fear, so she, she kind of holds back, and if a stranger walks towards her, she moves back. But when I pick her up and hold her, oh my gosh, all the fear goes away, and even though I'm trying to calm her, she is just more fierce, more emboldened, and wants to tear after it because I'm holding her. And that's kind of a poor picture of what God does with us, right? If we have God holding us, why should we fear anything, right? So I want to read Isaiah 41, verse 10 again. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. And I kind of like the New King James Version of it. It says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's a powerful verse. Let's take a closer look at it, why don't we? The first two words in the New King James Version is, Fear not, right? In NLT, it's don't be afraid. Fear is one of the most common emotions that we have as, as humans. You know, we fear things that we're faced with. We worry. We're anxious. And it began with Adam. After Adam sinned and God was, was asking the rhetorical question, where are you? And Adam replied to God, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. 
I was afraid because I was naked. Was, God, was, was Adam afraid of anything before he had sinned? No. Why? Because he had God with him. But after Adam sinned, he became self-centered. And he pushed God out of his life. And thus was born the spirit of fear. And where did I get that from? It's 1 Timothy 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. That's in the NLT. In the King James Version, it says, For God hath given us the spirit of fear, has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. And the fear I'm talking about is not the good kind of fear. You know, that's the fear of God. That's where we're in fear of God, not because we're scared of God, but because He is so magnificent. He, we're just awed by God. We hold Him in high reverence. That's not the fear I'm talking about. The fear I'm talking about is the kind where you're taken over by fear to where you panic, can't think straight, can't focus. It, it overtakes your life. And God knows that this is something that we face, we, we face all the time. I've, I've heard it said that um, it appears in the Bible, the word fear not appears in the Bible 365 times. Uh, I tried to verify this through a program called Logos. I've got a, just a very basic program, and I couldn't find 365 times, but I did find 70 times where God says, or Jesus says, fear not. And obviously, he doesn't want us to live in fear. 70 times, 70 times he says, let me just say it 10 times, fear not, fear not. Fear not, 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 fear not. Seven times more than that, huh? In fact, you know, it's in Genesis and it's in Revelation. Uh, Genesis 15.1. It says, uh, God told Abram, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. And in Revelation, when John saw Jesus in his vision, he says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. The point is, God has instructed us over and over to not live in fear. Uh, and you know what? It's up to you and me to not live in fear. So what is fear? I looked it up in the dictionary, and this is sort of a summary it's a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, whether the threat is real or imagined, the feeling or condition of being afraid, concern or anxiety, something that causes feelings of dread or apprehension, something a person is afraid of. And we all have fears, right? 
Um, maybe you're a small business owner and the current economic situation makes you fearful of whether your business can survive. You know, look at the truck drivers with the price of diesel. Can they survive? Maybe it's health-related. Maybe you have an illness and you're scared of what that's going to do to you. Maybe it's money-related. Maybe it's a relationship in your home or with friends of what's going to happen. Could be job-related, right? Maybe you're afraid that you're going to be fired or maybe you can't find a job. So we have fears and anxieties and worries. But um, let me just mention, uh, you know, I grew up in, in a very loving family, and my dad and my mother uh, introduced us to Christianity. Of course, we went to Sunday school when we were growing up. Um, one of the things that my dad suffered from was he had this spirit of worry. He worried about things. He lost sleep about things, sometimes his appetite. And I used to sit there as a kid, and I used to say, I used to say man, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I mean, what does worrying add to whatever's going to end up happening? And I thought growing up, that's not worth it. I'm not going to, when I get older, I'm not going to worry. Of course, I've had episodes where I've panicked and worried, but I didn't have the spirit of worry in me, and I thank God for that. But what can happen when the spirit of fear takes over you? It can paralyze us, right? It can cause us to panic. It can cause us to not think straight. It can cause us to make bad decisions. Uh, when I'm in a panic mode, it's usually related to a case. You know, I'm an attorney. And maybe there's an impending deadline coming up, and I need to get something filed on time. And I have a little, I call it mini panic attack, where if I read a case, I don't understand it. If I need to focus on something I'm writing, I can't focus on it properly. And it's not until I sit back and say, God, I know you're with me. Please help me through this. And suddenly, my mind's calmed down. And I can focus and I can work. Right? That's, that's what we're supposed to go through life with that spirit of calmness, that spirit of peace not the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear can hinder our walk with the Lord, right? In 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 1.7, I read that before, but it says, God hath not given us the spirit of fear. But what has he given us? He's given us power, love, and a sound mind. In other words, when the spirit of fear overtakes us, what do we lose? We lose the spirit of power. We lose the spirit of love. We lose the spirit of sound mind. And when I say the spirit of power, the spirit of love, the spirit of sound mind, who does that sound like to you? Holy Spirit. So when the spirit of fear takes over, we push Holy Spirit back, don't we? We start depending on ourselves. We start thinking about ourselves. Woe is me. But God said, fear not. Is that a suggestion? 
it's a command at least 70 times in the Bible. That's a command more than thou shalt not steal, right? Thou shalt not covet. Fear not is in the Bible more than any other command. Um, and here's the thing. The good news is fear is optional. We're not forced to, over, to undertake fear. We're not forced to be fearful. It's something that we choose. Do you ever think about that? If you're anxious or worried about something, you choose to be anxious or worried about something. We as believers have an advantage over the unbeliever. We have a God that we can look back on. If we're scared, if we're worried or anxious, we can go to God. The unbeliever, where can they go? They've got to rely on themselves. There's an example uh, in Matthew where uh, the Spirit of the Lord came down when Jesus rose from the grave. And you remember there were guards there at the, at the gravesite, and they were deathly scared. They were so scared they fell down in fear. They just fainted. The angel of the Lord didn't say anything to them. When the women came to the grave, they too were scared. But the Lord of God said, the angel of God said, do not be afraid, for I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He is risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So listen, listen to this. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy. With one group, God controls the fear. He gave the women joy. With the unbeliever, they just continued to lay on the ground out of fear. So going back to Isaiah 41.10, God says, fear not. Why? The next phrase, for I am with you. Now, when I read that phrase, I just read it as, for I am with you. But look at what he says after the word for. I am, right? I am. When Moses talked to God, God was in the burning bush. And Moses was asked, he asked God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say? In Exodus 3.14, God replies to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Going back to 41.10, I am with you. I like to read it like this, I am am with you. Right? What does this mean, I am who I am? 
It's the ultimate statement of self-sufficiency, self-existence, immediate presence, God's existence not dependent on anyone or anything. He is what He is, and He will be what He will be. The eternal, constant God. Ever-present, unchangeable, completely sufficient in Himself to do what He wills and to accomplish what He wills. And that is the I Am who is our God. So, how can we be fearful of anything if we have the almighty, all-powerful I Am, the great I Am, with us, right? Um, Interesting. Where Jesus himself says that he is I Am. John 8, 58. Jesus answered the Pharisees. Uh, They were asking him some questions. And Jesus answered them, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. Wow. He didn't say before um, Abraham was born, I was. No, Jesus declared to the Pharisees that he existed eternally. That was blasphemous to them. They wanted to stone him. Um. But it wasn't blasphemy, was it? Because Jesus, what he said, was true. So when we go back to fear not, I am with you. Fear not, Jesus is with you. Right? And John 18, 5 through 6, I don't think the team has this one. Remember when he was arrested? And... The soldiers were asking if Jesus was Jesus. And Jesus answered, I am he. As Jesus said, I am he, they all drew back and fell to the ground. Right? This is the I am that's with us. And listen to these metaphors that Jesus himself gave. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. So when it says, fear not, guess who's with us? The bread of life. The light of the world. The door of the sheep. The good shepherd. The resurrection and the life is with us. The way, the truth, and the life and the true vine is with us. So we're not to be afraid of anything. So whatever fear, anxiety, or worry you have, we need to have our mind with God and give it to God, right? God says, don't be discouraged. How many of us have been discouraged in our life? In the past, maybe now. Maybe there's some discouragement now. Whatever the circumstances, just like God says, fear not, he said, don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid for he is with you. 
Don't be discouraged. He is your God. And why? Because he says he will strengthen us and help us. Is this just a a whimsical statement? No, it's a promise from God. He will strengthen us, he will strengthen you, and he will help you. Whatever your situation, whatever your situation, the great I am, the great all-powerful God will strengthen you and help you. So don't get me wrong. You know, if you place your faith in God and you present God with your fear and anxiety, the circumstances that's causing this fear might still exist. I'm not saying that's going to go away. What I'm saying is, whatever your circumstances, you're going to face it with a different attitude. You're going to face whatever circumstance you're in with peace and with courage. You, you remember um, when the uh, disciple, another boat incident, disciples were crossing the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus stayed on shore. He told them he'd meet them on the other side. No way we would know how Jesus was going to get to the other side, right? This was late at night, early in the morning, maybe 3 to 6 in the morning, and disciples were in the middle of the Sea of Galilee making their way to the other side, and another storm comes up. They were in Jesus' will when the storm came up. They were afraid. They started taking those buckets out and pouring the water out. They were afraid they were going to sink. Somehow, I don't know how, Jesus from the shore saw them. They were two, three miles away in the dark, but Jesus saw them, and he started making his way to the other side, walking on the water. What was he walking on? He was walking on the very cause of their fear right? He was walking on the stormy water. He didn't calm it down then. And so the, the disciples saw Jesus, and they were afraid because he, they thought he was a ghost. You know, because, number one, they'd never seen a man walk on water before. Number two, they never saw Jesus walk on the water before. But Jesus was walking on the thing that caused their fear. And Jesus was walking in a way they had not expected him to come to them, Right? So maybe God uses our fear as a way for him to come to us in a different way. Right? So we're not to be discouraged. Oh, by the way, um, Jesus told them again, why are you afraid? Why do you have so little faith? And he calmed the storm, and they made their way across. Um, But anyway... My point here is the circumstances that cause this causing your fear, your anxiety, your worry might not go away. But when you have God with you, you will have peace and calmness and courage to face whatever it is you're facing. He doesn't want us to live in fear. Um, what Isaiah 41.10 calls us to do when faced with challenges, is to know God and trust what he is doing with us. For he says, I am with you. He says, I'm your God. He says, look, I'm here. And when you look to God, fear subsides. 
This is evident in many scriptures. I'll just read a couple. Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Present your requests to God. And peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when you're faced with challenges in your life and you feel the spirit of fear start to overtake you, you just need to seek the Lord out because he's with you. He will deliver you from all your fears. Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. See, that's what, he's, he, that's what the world gives us. The world gives us fear. The world gives us anxiety. The world gives us worry. And what does Jesus give us? Peace. It's like that song we just sang, Peace Be Still. Um, now let's look at the last line of Isaiah 41.10, which is absolutely awesome. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Is this significant? You bet it is. You bet it is. Who sits at God's right hand right now? Jesus. Mark 16, 19. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Hebrews, Hebrews 1, 3. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command, when he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. So the right hand is a gesture of honor and uh, privilege. Think about it. What do we do with our right hand in our society today? We shake hands with our right hand. The um, soldiers in the military, they salute with their right hand. In the old days, if you got to sit next to a king, that was a place of honor. But the place of the highest honor was to sit on his right side. So when God says, he holds us with his victorious right hand. He holds us in a place of honor. He holds us where he holds Jesus. Can you imagine? And God uses his victorious right hand, the hand of his utmost honor, he told us, and he holds us up to keep us from living in fear. You know, in chapter 41, there's another verse that paints a beautiful picture. And it's uh, 
Isaiah 41, 11 through 13. And it says, See, all your angry enemies lie there, confused and humiliated. Anyone who opposes you will die and come to nothing. You will look in vain for those who tried to conquer you. Those who attack you will come to nothing. And here's what I want to focus on. For I hold you by your right hand. So God holds us in his victorious right hand. And he holds our right hand. And he says, I, the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. Look at that. God holds us with his victorious right hand to help us. Recall that when uh, Jesus was walking on the water, this was the episode where Peter got so excited, right? And he said, um, oh, he said, that's Jesus. And he started walking on the water. What happened? He walked on the water for a little bit, but then he looked down. Spirit of fear. He started sinking, right? But what happened after that? Jesus reached out with his hand and took Peter's hand and saved him. And Jesus said, this is Matthew 14, 27, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. He also said, You of little faith, why do you doubt? Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? So, I come back to our three phrases here. What you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. What you are most anxious about reveals where you trust God the least. What you are most worried about reveals where you trust God the least. Well, turn that fear off and turn on God. Right? But the last thing I want to say is, you might ask, how can I not be worried? How can I not be fearful? How can I not be anxious when I'm facing the very real possibility of suffering and loss? Are you telling me that if I place my trust in God, nothing bad will happen to me? Nope. No, not at all. Christians suffer pain. Christians suffer sorrow, just like anyone else. What's the difference? We face it with peace. We face it with calm, calmness. We face it with courage because I am am with us. It's not an easy road. We like to be comfortable. But who will be glorified if others see us face our uh, circumstances with courage? as opposed to fear, God is glorified when they see that, right? So there will be circumstances in your life from time to time where you can't control what happens. When that happens, you have to remember, I am with you. I am, am with you. I am, am with you. He is your God, 
and he's holding you in his victorious right hand.